the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we're going to have another great show. And speaking of great shows, we got a lot of excellent feedback. A little pat on the back here. We did. From last, last week, we talked about metabolic health. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, we kind of freestyled it a bit. We tried to mm-hmm. stick with the science and the knowledge that we knew and not go out too far. But, yeah, there's a lot, lot, of, lot of good calls about that. Uh, I encourage the listeners to reach out by phone Absolutely. or send us emails, and yep. we'll definitely address any questions that they have uh, in the following week. But yeah, that was excellent. Yep. I thought that was a great idea. That was Larry's idea. Yeah, it was really, really a good idea for a show. I like it. Did, we did really get a lot of feedback on metabolic health and uh, lifestyle changes and things like that. I thought it was good. Well, you know, we've gone through phases in our in our. Uh, let's let's just keep it to the U.S. All these different fads and phases of mm-hmm. healthcare yes. and response to illness and, and then, you know, going back to really looking for wellness. I right. Mean, that's sort of right, the latest right, thing. Right. And then, you know, when, when I was in med school, they talked about vitamins being things that you didn't need so long as you ate three squares a day. Mm-hmm. And first of all, nobody does. That's right. We and, talked about that last yeah, week. Or, yeah. And secondly, <laughs> that's not really true. Right. And so the things that we, we mentioned this a little bit last week, that if there is a supplement that you research or your yep. doctor tells you a little bit about, yep. The, the things that you want to make sure is that you're not putting yourself at risk right. because there are side effects to a lot of things, a sure, lot of treatments, sure. and that you can afford it. Right, right. Outside of that, I mean, I have people that call me all the time. And, you know, with, with the uh, pandemic, you know, they thought, well, yeah. you know, could this help me? Could that help me? Right. Because there was more in the news about the most ridiculous things. Yeah, there was. And headlines and bylines. Well, you know, and it's I just think crazy. The, I think the thing that people looked at during the pandemic is how do I increase or improve my immunity? Yeah. And I actually found a product that I do that. I take two capsules every day. Right. Right. And and you and, and, and you it, believe in it and, and it I works believe in it. and you can afford to take yeah. it. And it has yeah, a low profile cheap. for, yep. for yep. Any, any side effects. It, it supposedly yep. improves and increases your immunity 20 yeah. times. So most yep. of the, And most of the vitamins, that's, that's their claim. Right. And there's not great data, but there is some data yep. on it. Yep. Some of it, it just makes sense. And so it just depends yep. on where, where you want to be. But that's, that's my, yep. exactly my point, Larry. Yep. Like if you've got something that you want to hold on to that you, you think it works, yep. then you, you do that. Right. But – but you don't just reach out yep. for – they were looking for these The cures. first thing you see. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I tell you that the things that have frustrated me the most are the claims of some dangerous and ridiculous treatments yeah. that were just yeah. getting people to avoid seeing their physician or going to the sure, hospital. Sure. And that cost a lot of lives. And the second piece is when are we going to get some – we, we know about truth in advertising, right? Right. We right. know it's not always great, but we understand that, that companies have a responsibility. It's over-exaggerated. Yeah. We know well, that. What about yeah. truth in headlines? Yes. Because I saw a headline today on one of my news feeds. 
It's all over that the place. That had nothing Mark. to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It was it was actually about <clears throat> the fourth booster. Okay. And what okay. it said, and this is it's a it's a site that I use a lot. Mm-hmm. It, and the headline was that the fourth booster has minimal improvement over not getting it right. Right. And right. it and so I looked at the study. The and efficacy. The, the, yeah. yeah. The article. It's the same article you and I talked about out of Israel, yep. which showed yep. that it cut hospitalization in half. Exactly. And yep. the, what they had pulled from that article was it had a short-term protection of getting yep. the virus, but a long-term protection yep. of being hospitalized. Yep. Well, and so they, they put that headline in there, and people yep. are going to read the headline because, yep. let's face it, you know, not everybody has it's the time or interest spin. to read it. That's, that's what crazy. It it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. And that's why we don't get into the political media spin on this show, Dr. Oh, Hart. I tell you, you can't. Yeah. But you can't, when we, even when we talk about science, I think the, yeah. the message is you have to actually read the article. Don't look at the right. soundbite. Don't look at yeah. the title. And, you know, the other piece that we, we travel back mm-hmm. and forth, great article today in our local newspaper, yep. the Orlando Sentinel, right. about a topic that we've, we've talked about for months. For, since last year. And, and we talked about it the very first day yeah. we talked about it. Our opinion was it was a bad idea. Too expensive, and we weren't sure that right. it was safe. Of course, you know, yep. we're talking about the FDA-approved drug for, for treatment of Alzheimer's. Yep. Adahelm. Adahelm's a monoclonal antibody. Yep. And uh, was it Biogen that put it out yep. and had a $56,000 price tag on it when it was yep. first released? And then they cut it to $29,000. Yep. Then, yep. then the commercial insurer said, we're not going to pay for it. Medicare said, That's we're right. not going to pay for it. And then the latest on Medicare was, yep. well, you know, we'll consider paying for it if people are in actual studies. Enrolled in a clinical study. So they right. come down. Right. This was yep. the final. This is fresh off the press right. that they've Medicare CMS has said flat out. Not going to pay for it unless the patient patient right. is enrolled in a study. Right. Which brings us to the question we had two weeks ago: How do you get enrolled in a study? Right, because right. there are people out there that are going to qualify for these studies. But how do you? And I know I'm going to reach out to some of my yep. friends up at okay. my uh, my own medical school in, at Emory because they have a big okay. Alzheimer's research group. Okay, and okay. Uh, I've well, there is a big there. Alzheimer's center here in Orlando off a of Goldenrod. Well, a lot of those are yeah. Alzheimer's care. That's true. That yep. may, may yep. Are, I'm sure they're doing some research, and I don't want to. Yep. I don't want to slight them at all. Right. But right. but just looking for folks that might be getting yep. in, NIH money to sure. actually do some research. But but I'd love, and if any of the listeners have had trouble or success getting mm-hmm. into studies, I would love to hear about that because we I'd can, like to share that information. That, sure. Well, yeah. you know, I think the, the interesting part is that this final uh, decision by the FDA corrects the FDA's mistake in letting Adaham onto the market, but at the same time, it leaves room for future Alzheimer drugs to be covered as long as the studies show that they're safe and effective. Right, which is, I mean, it's not new news, yeah. right? That's right, how right. it's supposed to be. And and in this case, they're giving they're giving a little more leeway here because they're saying, okay, we don't really believe that there's enough evidence that this drug works. Right. But we will support it if you're in a study. Now, normally, that study would have to be fully supported by other dollars, yes. right? So they, yes. are, they are making a compromise here, and that compromise kind of gives you a little bit of hope that other companies are going to get into this game and work on this monoclonal antibody yeah. technology and see if we, see if we have another right. answer. But, you know, Dr. Mark, the real red flag that came up on this is, yes, there may not have been enough clinical studies, but the original price of this thing was absurd. Oh, it was. It was. I mean, because there, you know, there are, we talked about orphan drugs in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. This isn't an orphan drug. No. Because orphan drugs are drugs that are for very rare diseases. 
And so you understand that the research and development costs the same as it would for a common disease, right. but you're not going to be able to pay for it yep. with the same over-the-counter price, right? So so this is not one of those things, right. but yet they put a price tag on it like it was. Yeah, and not only that, you talked about headlines earlier mm-hmm. uh, and misleading. If you recall, the original headlines of this drug was, this is the biggest breakthrough in Alzheimer's treatment in 20 years. Right. And it sure could be, yeah. But how be. are we going to know? Not exactly. not with that kind exactly. of not with that kind of lead in. Yep. So I mean, you, if you look at these things, and and I always sort of break things down into if you think something is true or mm-hmm. false, what would be the motivation for you know one group to tout it and another group to shoot it down? Exactly. And this was a hundred percent cash. Yep. But yeah, you this know, was we, trying to generate generate right, money exactly. All at once. But we will definitely get. Some research done on how do you enroll in these yeah, that would be uh, great. clinical studies, Dr. Mark, and we'll talk about this on another show. Yeah, we need to make, yeah. make, make a note because I think we've, we, I you will. and I have talked about that again. Yeah, okay. Uh, and you know, you were talking about wellness earlier. Mm-hmm. I got a patient story I want to uh, talk about for a minute. Great. You know, we, we, and, and last week we talked about metabolic health. Yep. And then all our shows, we talk about getting your annual baseline. Right physical and all this do we what you a, can do yeah and and follow up with your labs and all this well we had a a listener call in and she had been seeing the same primary care doctor for 15 years nice and this practice was bought out by a large health system gotcha about uh three years ago so she's been seeing them but all of a sudden her appointment got changed for her annual physical with a PA, with a nurse practitioner, and not with a doctor. Oh, I see. Yep. And when she saw that, she didn't know that. She didn't know that until she got her confirmation of her appointment. Got it. With the nurse practitioner, not with the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so she canceled her appointment, tried to call back, spent an hour on the phone trying yeah. to call through their their centralized system. Yeah, they're not. You're not even calling the office. When Finally, you're doing that, got yeah. somebody. And now you remember this lady's been seeing this doctor for 15 years. Mm-hmm. They told her, well, we can give you an appointment now in August. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Five months. Four or five months later. So she blew up and she called us. Yeah. And she says, what do you recommend? Yeah. I said, well, if you're not too tied to that primary care doctor, I'd suggest you looking for an independent primary care physician. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's a great response. But you think about this. You know, she's been with them for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. This doctor was a primary care physician that was out on his own he before. Was, he was independent. And, and yep. it's, it's nothing against that person and we're not or trying to the ding the health system. No, it, it's just that it, that's the way things yeah. are working. We're, they're looking at different yeah. metrics. And we've said this before, yeah. you know, a lot of primary care is going to be pushed towards the extenders, the PAs, and, we've talked about and nurse that. practitioners. Yep. Yep. And it's not an unsafe or a bad thing, but it can catch you by surprise. Well, it's an unintended circumstance. It is, it is, and and it, and it makes economic sense, and the training programs are good, and it it's going to be where we're going. Right. But they need to they need to find a way to soften the blow because because yes. yes. you know it would have been even worse if that patient had walked in and said, "Where is my doctor?" And, you know, right right yeah. then and there. Yeah. So I mean, I've I have noticed that it's something that's much more accepted yep. in specialist office for. Especially for primary care specialists yeah, and, right. and, and in adults, right. Yeah. right? Outside of that, it's it's a tough it's a tough role, yeah. and and yeah. the, the yeah, everybody's going to need to, even even the folks out there that are that are an independent practice. We certainly use PAs and nurse practitioners, of and but I think we understand that our patients that are an extension of our own family, yeah. they they need to know that hey, you know what. 
th- I'm I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna introduce you to this person. Yep, that's right. You know, they graduate from here. Da, 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 I, yeah. I hired. But them. again, in this situation, this was even, just dropped on them. She didn't even know who this person was. No, and that's and that's yeah. going to be the that's going to be much more typical. Yep. And again, we will kind With of point fingers. At, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Just yep. because it's a numbers game. Yep. Because I can tell you on the. And you did share with me which system that was with, and and I yep. mentioned yep. Uh, to you off air that I had yep. a similar experience with a different system with, with the other yep. system, right. main right. system, right. and it was a a almost six month wait. Yeah, and I, that that wasn't about PAs or nurse practitioners. I I just called and said I was wanted my annual visit yeah. because they yep. don't really have have any extenders in this office. Right. It's a newer office. And I've only been seeing them about three years, mm-hmm. and but it's like we say, go get your annual visit, and right. uh, it's I don't know. I hope I will remember. Well, I hope I remember the appointment. Right. Well, you know, the disturbing part is here. We encourage our our listeners to make sure oh, you yeah. schedule your annual every year. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this lady's starting to deal with this situation. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And we're what we don't want is create blockades where people think. Well, this is just too much. Just forget it. Yeah. Just forget it. Yeah. And I will tell you yeah. that if there's, if you're faced with the inability to see the physician or the ability to see right. an extender, right. go see the extender, go through that experience, but because you may be pleasantly surprised, uh, because again, this is where we're well, you headed. You know, that's a different uh, look at this, Doctor Mark. Yeah. Yeah, you, I really didn't think of that when I was talking with our listener on this. Well, I mean, we're biased, yeah. right? We're all yeah. biased, and so you and well, I are biased we, to prime to, to, to independent physicians. physicians. Yeah, yeah. And but we also know, you know, it's kind of crazy because people say, "Well, look, it's the same person," and it is the same person. Yeah. The yeah. question is, is the system going to allow you to get to that same person? And, I would, and that's where our bias it is. And it you know, as a up. younger person, probably not. A right. big deal, but as you get older, and I could yeah. tell this this listener was a little older. Mm-hmm. You know, they're setting their ways. They're used to their physician, right. been seeing them for fifteen years, yep. and they just weren't really willing to change. You know, my, my father when when he was kind of old and crotchety, would say he saw extenders all the time, and that's who he preferred. So yep. so you know, give, give them a try. All right. Well, we are yep. going to come back and we're going to chat about uh, some we're United Health Healthcare yeah, we're studies. We're going to talk about the five conditions that represent fifty percent of healthcare when we come back, Doctor Mark. You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You're back in the studio with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones with Healthcare Now. 
Larry, I just wanted to mm-hmm. tie up that that discussion we had for the first segment. Sure. We, we want folks to get that annual visit done. Yes. And we totally understand that the disappointment that uh, the, one of the listeners had and shared with right, you it makes right. perfect sense. Yep. But better to get it done and yep. g- give give the extender a chance and give the practice a chance or yep. or seek out somebody else. But don't. It's too easy to put it off and put to it just off. Say, and put it off. I'm not even going to do yeah. it. So just yep. just yep. follow up with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Good good comment, Doctor Mark. All right, well, let's jump into this uh, United Healthcare study, the five conditions yep. that total half the costs of healthcare. Of total healthcare. You know, United Healthcare did a study uh, back earlier in the year, and they found that just five conditions account for 50% of the total healthcare spending. And if you recall, Dr. Mark, that's $4.3 trillion this past year. Yep, yeah. So divide that in two, and, and we're going yep. to knock it towards just five things. And I don't think our listeners are going to be surprised. No. Obviously, it's cancer. Right. Muscular skeletal. Mm-hmm. Cardiovascular. Right. Gastrin, uh, GI. GI, gastrointestinal. gastrointestinal yep. And neuro- neurological. Yep. Okay, so you know. and these are these are broad categories, right? They are. I mean, they are. Uh, but ca- cancer has certainly <clears throat> got to be up top because when you're talking about cancer, you're talking about diagnosis. Yep. yep. Well, no, yep. I'm just saying diagnosis, yep. treatment, which may include chemotherapy or surgery, mm-hmm. and follow up. So when someone's diagnosed with cancer, even even if they have a curative procedure pretty right. early, right. their follow up is going to go on. So the cost of exactly. that is is, yep. is quite high. So that's that's probably yep. one. That we're tied to, sure. Um, you know, fortunately, that's also the one that gets the most attention for research it dollars. Is. It is. Well, you know, it's interesting. Let me break it down by those five uh, categories. This paper found that uh, cancer accounted for fifteen percent of the total healthcare cost, with obviously chemotherapy chemotherapy being the primary driver. Sure. In that category, that makes sense. That was fifteen percent. Muscular skeletal, thirteen percent. Right. So, kind of let's. Expand Let's talk what about that, that is, for right? Because yeah. that's a hugely broad well, thing. So. And I will tell you, you know, when our value based, mm-hmm. you know what our number one reason for ER visits is? Back pain. Low back pain. Yep. Yep. I was going to say the musculoskeletal yeah. is yeah. your neck pain, back pain. Right. And then the other things, just, you know, soreness or injury. Right. Right. Um, and this, you know, that also adds into co- trauma. So that it's, a, exactly. it's a very, very wide yep. category yep. of musculoskeletal But, that, but that represents 13%, just under right. what total cancer costs represent. Yeah, that, that also makes sense. Yep. Right? And yep. again, there, it's more, because it may be a one-visit thing, but it's so, so, so common. If you yep. just go yep. through your own family and think about an, you know, a cause for ER visit, mm-hmm. well, if it's if it's not low back pain, it might be yeah. a, a you know trip and fall and laceration right, or, right. or you know auto auto accident that kind of thing. So well, that's the, super well. The common. muscular skeletal had several pieces to it. Obviously, you're going to get a CT or an MRI. That yeah, could and be, those yeah. are your high cost imaging. So the radiologic stuff, yeah. yeah. And then your rehab with physical therapy right. can be pretty significant yep. with yeah, multiple visits. Sure. Yeah, with yeah, multiple visits. So the next one uh, after the cancer at fifteen. Muscular at 13, a cardiovascular at 9%. You want to talk about that, Dr. Mark? Well, again, that's another th- – these are all things that are strong ER visits or strong long-term follow-up visits. You know, the, with the cancer, it's the follow-up. With musculoskeletal, you're tossing the ER into it. Yep. With cardiovascular, you are too. So yep. There, yep. there's kind of two areas. One, you know, acute chest pain. So even if somebody has a chest pain that is not cardiovascular yeah. in nature, you're going to get admitted. It's going to it's going right. to count. You're going right. to have that observation right. period in the tests, yep. and very important, right? Yep. Because the idea here is if we pick up the ones 
this is a an issue that needs to be treated quickly to have yep. success. Yep. So that makes yep. that makes perfect sense. Now, next to that is mm-hmm. the one of the top causes for people to go see a physician as they get older. They go see yep. their cardiologist. Mm-hmm. A cardiologist probably we'd have to look at the numbers, but I know there's you know yep. more cardiologists than there yep. are a lot of other specialists, right. and so that's going to account for a lot of those yep. visits as well. Well, you know, it's not as surprising that United Healthcare did this uh, study because if you remember a couple years ago, I think we talked about this. United Healthcare in the Orlando market spent two hundred and fifty million dollars on non cardiac chest pain yeah. ER costs. Right. Right, and and those that, that would and that would drop yeah. right into this cardiovascular that's right. that's bundle right. because that's, right. that's what the code is exactly. when they come in. They that's come right. in for chest pain. Yep. 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 No, it is. It is actually. You know, when we we sum this up. We should talk a little bit about motivations of a study yep. like this. Well, the other thing is, if you go to the ER with chest pain, you're going to get admitted. Oh yeah, yeah. They're going to yep. keep you they're, overnight. Yeah. Now they're going to keep yep. you overnight, and so they, right. it's usually an uh, overnight obs, an observation admission, right. which decreases. Right what the insurance company is right. going to pay for it. And then they're but, going to run every test known to man on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, only if the one test they run, the troponin is positive. Yeah, so if, if it's not cardiac, then your workup gets even more complicated. Right, right, right. right. But, but a lot of that, I mean, if the ER is paying attention, they're going to make sure that's an outpatient workup. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, I would expect the number one non-cardiac chest pain is going to mm-hmm. be what falls into the next category, which is GI. And that so, represented 7% right. of healthcare costs. Right. And, and so, you remember last week we talked about gut health? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big piece of Big this. Big piece of it. Yeah. And, and here, again, it's it's twofold. It's one, it's the visits to the ER. Yep. And two, it is the fact that people don't understand that there are a lot of lifestyle changes that right. they, so they're going to right. go in and, and look for the quick fix and right. go see if they right. can, they can just get checked out. Right. And, 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 and over know. age 50, getting a colonoscopy and getting a baseline on that is a big deal in gastrointestinal care. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then if, if you have a history of reflux, you're going to get an upper GI as yep. well. Yep. And so those are recurring long-term therapies and they that's going to, that's yep. going to add into yep. the cost. Yep. All right. The last one is neurological. That's so, a big, big category so, right and, and i think the big dollar one is going to be in stroke prevention okay. or stroke okay. treatment okay. and so okay. just like with the cardiac side you know we have these code grays and we have centers that have uh, areas of expertise in stroke care mm-hmm. and that is a very important thing because every every moment counts you know when you're talking about mm-hmm. stroke uh so these areas are are definitely supported and they are not inexpensive so that's that's where that six percent right. comes in so it's really, really kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, it kind of breaks it down. It's, I think, you know, it's not shocking because these right. are such wide-ranging. These these are right. basically looking at, you know, outside of just looking at cancer, we're looking at almost systems, yep. right? Yep. And so, you know, systems yep. of the body. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that surprising that it accounts for so much of the cost. Yeah. But why why do you think why do you think United's coming up and, and even tracking this stuff? Well, I mean, it's really all about value based care that we're moving to from FIFA service medicine. And when you think about it, what are the screening tools? Let's just take cancer. Right. You've got breast screening mm-hmm. for can- mammography. Right. You've got colorectal screening. You've right. got cervical screening. Those are all three major care gap points that we have to deal with right. with all of our value based so patients. The idea being yeah. if you catch things early. Yep. Treatment is more successful. Yes. And yes. success in yep. that case means it's less right. expensive. Right. And then on the cardiovascular, their CVD is a big issue yep. uh, in value-based care. And all the signs that lead to that, Absolutely. whether it's high blood pressure, 
yeah. or there are probably a few more you could mention than other right. than well, blood well, pressure. Well, even just looking at things like how much calcium deposit you have in your coronary yep. arteries, yep. Yep. I mean, if you, if you know that that is not a problem, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a little chest pain, you are going to think more about reflux than you are right. going to be you know, have, thinking about right. coronary artery disease. Sure. And and again, if you catch coronary artery disease before you have a heart attack and you can treat yep. it, say, yep. with a stent, yep. then your costs are infinitesimally smaller and your yes. outcomes are yes. way better. So that, that ounce yep. of prevention, yep. right? And, but, and that goes right back to people that ignore maybe minor cardiovascular issues sure like a little chest pain oh i just had that feeling and didn't do anything about it same thing with abdominal pain right right people just ignore these things until it well, gets to an acute yeah position. But, but you know abdominal pain does come up different because it can be something just as important like right, a, if it right. was a aortic dissection or exactly. something like that yeah. but the vast majority of abdominal pain is something yeah. much less yes of yes. a big deal and something right. that's self-limited but, you know, it is interesting. You know, one of the things that mm-hmm. we ignore probably the most often mm-hmm. when we look at, at a risk factor for having a, a coronary issue okay. is family history. Yeah. And it's a little bit about fear um, and the anxiety of, of yep. finding something. But there are lots of folks that have a, have a history and have a yep. risk scale that puts them at risk, yeah. but they don't go see their cardiologist right. or they right. don't ask their internist, you know what, my, my father had heart disease, mm-hmm. I have high cholesterol, yep. and I'm, I'm a male. Well, I've that's got three risk Dr. factors Mark, that should put you right there. That's interesting because on every questionnaire with it, you fill out with your doctor, it always wants to know what your cardiology history is with your yeah, family. Or, or any of your, your mother, history, right? your father, sure. your brother, your sister, yep. whatever. No, there, yeah. I mean, you look at the there. numbers, and it is. It's, it's a game of statistics, and you can, you can make some valuable predictions yep. – but until you check, you just don't know. And that, that would I put another plug in there as when you go to that annual visit mm-hmm. and you share with them and you know, with cardiovascular disease, coronary artery disease specifically, mm-hmm. they talk about risk factors. Right. And and when you talk about your cholesterol level, whether yep. you need to treat yep. your cholesterol yep. level really depends on what your risk factors are. Right. Because your cholesterol could be a little high, but a female with no cardiac history who's never smoked and is a normal way. Triglycerides yeah, are good. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're probably okay. Yeah. But, but yeah. flip into the fact that, well, maybe your, your cholesterol is a little bit high, mm-hmm. but you have a family history of heart disease. Right. You're, you're a smoker right. or you're overweight. Then yeah. you really need to be seeing your cardiologist as often as you're going to see your primary care exactly. doctor, if not more. Well, you know, it's interesting as we talk about these five categories, almost all of them are included in our value-based uh, care gap they process. Are. Well, the, lo- the low back pain thing has just historically been yeah. the, I mean, yeah. it, it has been linked to the opioid addictions. Well, if you remember, you know, we I mean, talked about at some point in time, 90% of Americans have will have some pain. type yeah. of low back pain right. in their lives. Yeah, ba- back pain and neck yeah. pain, low back pain yeah. being the most yeah. common. But it is, that was sort of one of the big burns in in opioid reduction yeah. was looking yeah. at folks yeah. that would go ER to ER right. looking for relief low back pain because you can't right. you can't look at somebody who says my back hurts take an x-ray and tell them well you don't have anything now yeah. you can look and see there's no fracture or then you know then get an outpatient MRI they might see a little something but you can't really discern 
you know, with something there unless it's very significant. Right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting when we deal with a lot of employers and the payers regarding these value-based programs, and a lot of employers now are focusing more and more on strategizing around these five categories of chronic illnesses, and it's it's making a difference in the yeah. overall cost of care, Dr. Mark. No, well, there it is. It's ha- yeah. half your health care. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're yeah. going after the low-hanging fruit, and it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. But they all link to ER visits outside of the cancer yeah. diagnosis, right? Exactly. exactly. Now, now yeah. with the cancer diagnosis, you, you did. You mentioned the screening, mm-hmm. and I think that there are a lot of, uh, you know, country, you know, U.S.-wide kind of standards that we follow. Yep. And yep. that flips right back to your primary care visit. Yep. You know, when yep. you have that annual visit, yep. they're going to start looking at things and asking if all these boxes are checked. Right. And outside of that, you know, we talk about, we had that metabolic health talk. We talk about yep. all those great yep. things. Yep. That's more about increasing the quality of your life. Yes. Following these things keeps you out of something that you didn't expect that That's could right. be tragic in your life. Acute care. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so. you know, the other thing it, it mentioned that Actually, this this year, over 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. two of our major payers on our commercial ACOs mm-hmm. actually changed one of the quality metrics from diabetic retinopathy to cervical screening. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Now, well, they did add mental health to that as well. Yeah, that's going to so be So we can push. talk about yeah. that at Absolutely. another Absolutely. Actually, you know, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the uh, the online reviews of yep. physicians and of hospitals and kind of go over the, the goods and the bads about That'll that, That'll be Larry. a great discussion, Doctor. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is BehindHealthCareNow.com. That's BehindHealthCareNow.com. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. We're back at Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, I'll, I'll just read the title of the article we're about, kind of based on this discussion from the advisory board. 72% of patients look for four or five star providers. Yeah. Why online reviews are so important. That's so interesting, Dr. Mark, because I think with the last two years going through this pandemic, people have begun to pay a little more attention about what I'm paying for and is am I getting the quality that I need? Well, they've definitely had more exposure and more talk, you know, more, uh, 
I would say water cooler yeah. talk, but people aren't going exactly. To, they're not going to the office anymore, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's Zoom I get talk. Zoom talk. Yeah, Zoom talk. That's about, right. <laughs> uh, gee, I don't want to plug yeah. Zoom. Yeah. Gee, man, <laughs> man, we need to call them now. That's right. But yeah, no, it's it's true that the the discussion about healthcare is front and center. Yep. And it's not. It's often not accurate discussion, yep. but it's it's yep. out there, and it's uh, it definitely has divided folks. Yep. And people will say like, "Well, who's your doctor, Larry?" And, exactly. And uh, you know that that. Personal is still, reference is still, still the best. But, but you know, the other that, thing, Dr. Mark, yeah, patient ratings and reviews on the Internet are becoming a significant factor in patients' health care decisions as to who they're going to go to. Right. And I'm going to bitch and whine about this, <laughs> but but the bottom line is it's here That's right. and there's nothing we can do about it. That's right. It. You know, so we're, right. we're going to have to take Social media is a part of our culture now. Yeah, no, it absolutely, no absolutely is. And and the listeners know what we're talking about because, they do. you know, you can, you get your, whatever, your Yelp review, if you will, and there's a whole series of healthcare style reviews. Yep. And yep. there's just, there's just Google reviews, which right. a lot of people use when they go to see their physician or go to the hospital. And, but it's, it is very interesting. I mean, if you get a lot of reviews, then you might get some information that's important. Yep, yep. So if you're looking at, say, someone that's reviewing a healthcare system, right, you're going to get right. some people that are just going to go on and just give them as low a score as they can because they're unhealthy, un, not unhealthy, right. unhappy right. with something, right. and it may not be a good basis of what kind of service yep. that, that you would receive. Right. And then you're going to get other ones that are just going to throw five stars on everything they look at. Yep. But if you get enough data then there may be yeah. something that, that separates yeah. one group from another. Right. And these healthcare reviews are on the rise. This study from uh, Advisory Board actually indicated that 75% of U.S. adults said that they read online patient ratings sure. and reviews when they decide to choose a physician or any healthcare provider. Yeah, no question. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't That's shock huge. me at all because yeah. the, it's yeah. easy, easy, easy access. Yeah. It literally takes no effort at all, right? And, and you yeah. don't you don't have to you don't have to let anybody know any any personal information right. like well you know why you're going to see this doctor or, or not whatnot. But yeah, it, right. But it used to be that it was more something that we saw about restaurants and sure. then and sure. then maybe certain specialists. Yeah. Uh, but but now it's it's every doctor. If you put a doctor's name into Google, the right. first ten right. things that come up are different groups that rate that doctor. Yep. Yep. And and if you people what well, the people health don't understand grades is a big one for physicians. Oh sure, but yeah. health grades and yep. you know, yep. but then they do have things. Even WebMD has their has their version. But there's dozens of these companies, and what they do is they reach out. It's kind of nefarious, uh, and so I'll get a, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll soapbox a little bit, okay? Because what they'll do is these groups will allow the physician to to go onto that site. And put in their information if they would like to do so. Right, right. right. And all these sites, as you're looking at things, you're seeing advertisement. They're they're funded right. by advertising. Yep. But what the physician cannot do is they can't give a rebuttal right. to they any. They can't respond to at all because that would be satisfaction surveys. Right. Right. Yep. That would be yep. you know that would be non-compliant with yep. HIPAA if right. you start to share exactly. things. And and it, this has happened. And physicians yep. have gotten into big trouble for coming on and calling somebody out mm-hmm. because they were essentially sharing personal health information. Right, right, right. right. And so so that it's, it can be a bit of a one-way street, yep. um, but but it, it's, it is what it is. But yep. always look to see how many reviews, because somebody may have a terrible score, 
right. and they have three reviews. Exactly. And and they could have two of those reviews could be fives, and one is a one or a zero, and that right. brings the average way down. Right. Well, you know, when we talk about uh, patient reviews are up, compared to 2020, 2020 to 2021, review volumes increased 50% for hospitals and 58% for physicians online. Yep. And, and there's... There's probably more companies that are yeah. doing it now as well. Yeah. And there's definitely a <clears throat> flip side of this is all of these groups now have surveys that they send out yeah. to their clients. Well, you've heard of CAP scores, right? Sure, of course. C-A-P-H-S. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the exact uh, definition of that is, but basically it's how every provider is rated, right. whether it's physician or hospitals. And now they've changed the formula beginning in 2022. 40% of your CAP score is patient satisfaction surveys. Right. So it's HCAPs for the hospitals. And, and then, and then sort of slang is CAPs for, right. for the That's other right. groups. That's right. And so every group, let's say you go in and you're going to have uh, have your have your knee replaced. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go to an outpatient orthopedic center. Right. Well, when you get home, I guarantee you this. You will get a survey from the from the center itself, a satisfaction survey. You will get a follow up call from them, and they'll be asking you how how you're doing, and they're also going to ask you to you know that you'll you'll be getting a survey, and please let us know how, how we did. You'll get a survey from your anesthesia group, and sometimes that survey is something that they follow up with on the phone as well, and then you're going to get a survey from your surgeon, and all these things. Some of them even repeat, and they have gone so far as to use some of that data for studies, for outcome studies. Right. So, so they may call you again in, in one month, three months, six months, and one year and see how your answers may change as far as your satisfaction to the procedure. Right? Exactly. And so one of the things that that does is it, it brings in important information, but on the flip side, it allows you to air your concerns in a closed system yes, and makes you less likely to go to the web. And right. I mean, that's, well, CMS that's the way it works. centers for Medicare, Medicaid use this. And by the way, the definition of caps is consumer assessment of healthcare providers and systems. Yep. Simple that's as that what caps means. Yep. Yep. And then the H cap would be hospital, hospital. Mm-hmm. consumer assessment of healthcare providers yep. and systems. And, and yep. in the H caps, they are, they're a system. I think there were only, five categories of questions. It's a pretty mm-hmm. short survey. Yep. And and what they, they did, one of the things that they did early on was they asked about pain control <laughs> as one of the metrics. And they've dropped that as being its own separate thing. They still ask the question, but they don't use it in their evaluation that gets reported back to Medicare. Right. And links right. You know, with the hospitals, there was a 2% holdback of Medicare payments there was. that they would not get. It was get. called sequestration. Yeah, if they that's wouldn't right. get it if their that's age right. cap scores were yep. substandard. Yep, that's right. And so, you know, and it was kind of funny. The reason they took the pain score mm-hmm. off of that calculation mm-hmm. is that it was so closely correlating with the overall result. Mm-hmm. Like if you did not have good pain control, right. it didn't matter how nice the doctors and nurses was or how no. good the food was. You had you it's got a bad score. All about your patients. So think. It, it sort of That's became right. a redundant yeah. thing. So they pulled yeah. that out. But but here's the here's the kicker. I think I can't. I think that was like 2016. They pulled that mm-hmm. out. But they still ask the questions. And literally, CMS says they still ask the questions because we might put it back in. Right. So it's right. just kind of well. You know when caps there. when the caps uh, 
category came out for patient satisfaction, mm-hmm. it only represented 10% of your quality score. Right. Now it's bumped up to 40% of your quality score. Oh, for your, for your For your overall CAP yeah, score. Sure. Right. Or, or your physician practice. Yeah, right. Either one. So CMS is paying a lot more attention to this. Oh, for sure. And it is a big factor when you get into some of the Medicare ACO programs. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, big they're, factor they're really, there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... it. They, well, may, they may not let you participate. Well, it, not only that, it depends on whether you'll get uh, shared savings too. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, or or that holdback. That was yep. that was kind of the, the the bigger the bigger move, I think. But but right. it, it is interesting. We kind of yep. kind of gotten off topic because we were talking about these online yep. surveys. But I would say there there's serious caveats on these online surveys. And yep. I know there's there's a radio commercial um, about a it's a plumbing plumbing. Uh, plumbing company that does does this radio commercial and they uh-huh. talk about thank thank you for rate, rate you know rating us number right. one uh, and thank you to the robots that we paid for rating us right. so you got to be you right. got to be careful yep. when when you use these things but you know, definitely well, something you know, to do you know there are there are, there are four things that some of these things say that uh, you can improve your reputation, and that's really what it is, is reputation. Yeah, this is back profile. to the, the advisory board. Yeah, yep. yeah, back to the advisory board. And the first one is take steps to improve your overall reputation, and that's important. And number two, collect and analyze the feedback that you're actually getting on these patient satisfaction surveys. Right. And then improve your Google profile. Right. That's important, you know. Uh, physicians are spending more and more time now making sure that their website reflects their practice. Sure. And that's important. And, of course, the the fourth one is implement an employee experience program. Yep. And I think that's very important, Dr. Mark. It is. And we need to say that that a lot of our independent physicians are out there going, oh, <laughs> God, I, don't, I do not have time to do this. Yep. And my competition – has entire departments that just exactly. do it all day long. The health system. Yep. So yep. so you really have to turn to somebody that can help you out. And and that's where you do have some strength in numbers and organizations yep. like we have yep. throughout the country. Exactly. Uh, we need to pay attention to these things yep. Yep. and we need to you know find a way to, to help. You know? Well you know what we do for our doctors, our thousand physicians in our IPN network, when we get the CAP survey each year, we usually get it three months ahead of when the actual survey takes place. Right. We actually send all the questions to all of our practices so they can review what their what their patients are going to be asked about them. Right. Yeah. And that's been a big help. Our CAP scores have improved dramatically just because we're doing that alone. Right. And and it kind of begs the question of, you know, cause and effect. So the the reason for these yeah. Yep. is to have better outcomes. Exactly. Right? So when we and and then the motivation to have better scores is to increase patient flow, right? right? Because if you if you don't have patients coming in, you can't keep the doors open. Right. So it does get a little bit sticky. Yep. You know, when you start talking about those those two things, right. is this really about being a better physician or right. but at the end of the day it is what it is, it is. and it is not well, going anywhere and you want yeah. to you want to at least keep the playing field as yeah. even as you can and right. what what you described is exactly that it's that's a, what you have to right. do well it's interesting uh, we're talking about this cuz as a physician i'm sure the term bedside manner doctors don't like right and right. but yet part of the med- bedside manner is actually part of the patient satisfaction survey of course it is and it you should know. be yeah. because yeah. and you can go back mm-hmm. to the fact that if your patient doesn't want to see you 
they're not going to see you or anybody else. That's right. If they have a bad experience, and we tout this all the time, Larry, that that we we want people to have a good experience in their healthcare because we want them to stay involved in their healthcare. And and you hit something earlier, like our patient that had a problem with their PCP. Right. We don't want any negatives to come into play where people throw their hands up in the air and says, I just won't do it. No, you're right. We're going to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about behavioral health trends for 2022. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is BehindHealthCareNow.com. That's BehindHealthCareNow.com. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, IPNetworkFlorida.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. We are back in the studio. This is Dr. Mark. I am here with Larry Jones, and this is Healthcare Now. Larry, we just finished up a nice nice conversation about some of the surveys and evaluations and how you might decide, you know, what physician or what hospital or, right. you know, where you're going to get your medical care and, and how you kind of have to look look at where the data comes right. from. It's only yeah. as important as, you know, the, the information they shove yeah. into it and, and not, not just, uh, you know, how expensive the right. website is. And right? now three-fourths of Americans are actually looking at patient pro, or physician profiles to decide who they want to go see. Right on their smartphone, Larry. That's right. Right on their smartphone. That's right. Well, some one of the sad things that has uh, changed uh, over time, and, and some might say that that this this access to online information and over information yes. is part yep. of it. Yep. But behavioral health, big has, topic, yeah, Dr. big Mark. topic. Yep. Um, and you know, with with the pandemic, all the timing. I mean, honestly, just life today. Yep. Uh, generational changes. Yep. Uh, you know, the yep. the ability to address this has right. become. Right. Very important. Uh, and, it's, it's always been there, but yep. we're getting getting much better at it. But from a governmental side, there's been a lot more yep. attention being paid to this area, and that is all great. And it's not just the governmental side, Dr. Mark. No, the private true. payers, all the value-based uh, programs now, begin, beginning in late 2021 and 2022, have started talking about social determinants of health sure. and specific Health mental health screenings using the form Q nine or Q two form. Right. Well, I, I would still sure I would still argue I would yeah. still argue that this isn't because of altruism of the commercial payers. Oh, no. That it's because of regulation, That's and it's right. a, it's good. You're it's right. good. You're I mean, right. it's absolutely yep. positive because this isn't creating income, but it is creating the the opportunity for a healthier America. Right. And That's it's right. and you know the just just the idea of including mental health yep. in healthcare can be something that yep. you know we'd have to say hasn't been around forever right. unless you were in the mental health field you was it was obvious exactly. but it gets overlooked you know and and generations ignore it and we even had a healthcare provider on the show a few months ago if you remember a uh, yeah, mental health care provider yeah mental yep. health care yep. provider yep. you know but it's interesting when i remember one of my visits to my pcp during an annual visit uh, he looked at me and he says, are you depressed? Yeah. I said, no. 
Well, that was my behavioral health screen. You were done. I was done. Yes or no. <laughs> that's right. Yes or no. Yeah. It's well, gone but, a little past that now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the only advance from that is because probably a generation or half a generation back, that would never come up because, you know, that was seen as, as a, I was too personal or that was a weakness or that right, was something that right, we're, right. we're not going to deal with here today. stigma. I'm going to listen yeah. to your heart, your lungs, and yeah. check your reflexes, yeah. and, and you're out. Yeah. So now, yes. the And the, unless you went postal on me in the, op, in, the, in the exam room, you're probably okay. You know, <laughs> that had that term, postal, That's which right. has a, a, a historic meaning, yep. is actually very part and parcel to, to – stress in the workplace interesting and this sort okay. of all started gathering yeah. up not yeah. that long ago i mean right. that's a fairly new term yeah and it has some real roots to it it does and and when we take that thought and we fast forward into the pandemic where the workplace and the stresses have changed me- mental health has been yep. of all all yep. americans have been pushed to their limit and so you know the no pub- public awareness is up right yeah i mean well, absolutely Yep. You know, I mean, I think that's, and that's I think probably the, the pandemic key had a big piece of this. And as you know, now, today, 80% of telehealth visits are now dealing with mental health issues. Right. And I was going to say that, yeah. that one of the ways that the pandemic did have a push mm-hmm. is it allowed telehealth to be accepted by yes. insurances. It yep. was getting paid for. Yep. So now they're like, well, if I can do that, I can do the mental. Yeah. And, and now a yeah. lot of therapists are, are so I've, I've got a, uh, one of my uh, faculty, uh, mm-hmm. we, we had this conversation uh, okay. recently about how much easier it is for the patients to stay engaged on their one-on-one therapies okay. because they can do it by telehealth. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're, we all look for excuses not to seek care, whether it's mental health exactly. care or yep. cardiac care. And so if you take one of those bridges away, now if I'm seeing you because of knee pain, mm-hmm. it might be difficult for me to have a very – you know, hundred percent complete and valuable on telehealth, uh, telehealth yeah, visit. Exactly. But yeah. if I'm going to talk to you about your mental health and we're going to yeah. go over yeah. something that is continuing care, yeah. that 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 can be perfect. You yeah. know, and well, I mean, you know, you have to be good at it. Well, you exactly. Have to pay attention. And and I'm sure that, and in fact, in this survey, it actually stated that many primary care physicians were not that comfortable oh, sure. assessing mental health issues. Well, you want to talk to that, Doctor Mark. Well, if you look at the selection of who goes into medicine historically, okay, um, and you look at the the academic rigors that that come about to you know to get you there, you you're not necessarily going to produce or attract the most you know interpersonal skilled individuals. I'll just okay. I'll just say that I, I, got you. I, I went I beat around the bush as much as I can without yeah, being that was very that, political. Dr. Yeah, it Mark. was it was kind of it was very political. <laughs> but but you know, and there are exceptions to every rule, and those yeah. exceptions ended out being the physicians that were really beloved. Right. right. Uh, but you know, you, how many times have you heard? I don't care what his personality is. I just want to make yeah. sure he can do my heart surgery right. Yeah. I mean, so so we've gotten away from that. And you, you said it in the last segment, bedside manner. Exactly. And so yep. the bedside manner can be sort of pushed to saying paying attention right. to what your patient needs as opposed to just mm-hmm. delivering a service. Well, you know, when we talk about public awareness, let's talk about this for a second before we move on to the next one. Cognitive function and decline among seniors versus true mental health issues, Dr. Mark. Well, I mean, they're they're both issues that need to be followed and dealt with. The idea is, you know, some things have 
associated therapies to actually mitigate the problem, right, to actually right. improve the problem, and others have things that we need to do to maintain and to make sure things don't get worse or you don't have collateral damage, essentially, if you're ignoring what's going on in the situation. Right, right. right? And, and what we're looking at here with the, the trends are really we're looking at people. It's a, it's a younger group. Yep. Um, it's a, a wider breadth mm-hmm. of socioeconomics. Well, if you recall, uh, on a, one of our other sessions, we indicated that 19% of teenagers have some type of mental health issue going on. Well, that's a pretty big well, number. That's big. It's big in the news all the time. Yeah. You know, we talk yeah. about, you know, a social media is being blamed for a lot of that. Exactly. Stuff. Um, you know, school bullying. And yep. I mean, yep. that, that really, you know, the, the numbers are, it, it's hard to be surprised with the numbers. Of yep. the, and uh, to be fair, the media likes to report that a lot more than they would somebody somebody with depression. Exactly. Right? Yep. And so, unfortunately, you typically don't hear anything about depression unless suicide's yep. involved. Exactly. And that, that that's, is, right. that's awful. That's right. That's like not talking about heart disease until somebody yeah. dies of or a heart attack. Or there's been a mass shooting somewhere. Right, right. Yeah, that's when so, you really hear about it. Yep. So, so you definitely see that in the news and and some of it gets sensationalized a bit but other other things i mean we just need need to address it yeah and i think that you know we're we're making access has always been an issue in, in healthcare yep. that we we address and now access has become much better yep. for people seeking me- mental health care well you see more and more public figures coming out on mental health issues as well there are there are more and i think that's helped oh sure sure yeah, that's i mean you know if people are going to get all of their informational data from from yep. TV or from social media. Yep. At least, if we have some good representation, and that that's a great thing. Yeah, that you make, know, even thirty years ago, mental health was something you don't talk about. No, you even just, thirty years ago, no, which I mean, is not that long. Right, ago. not that long ago, yeah, and then yeah. and then go back fifty years, and it was just treated with oh, Valium, exactly. You know, or you're putting or, in a mental institution. Yep, yep. No, yep, no, it yep. is no. We have we have come we have come a long way, and I think you know this is the probably the biggest jump we've had in decades yep. because of access. Right. Let's get into the next one. Value-based care and mental health. You know, social determinants of health have been a big driving force in deciding, you know, what are the baseline reasons why people are stressed? Uh, and, and some of those issues are food insecurity, financial insecurity, homelessness, isolation. All these things, Dr. Mark, can play a big role in, sure. uh, in uh, mental health issues. Yeah, and and if you're if you're in an area that is you know economically depressed or in a situation mm-hmm. that's you know difficult for you to get access to health care, yep. the health care that you get is emergency health care, right? It's right. not right. ongoing. And then even if you can get some ongoing health care, the attention towards mental health has been last in line. Right. So now right. we're we're seeing it being moved up to the forefront, and again. You know, that's yeah. that's just a positive, positive yeah. move. And it seems to me that uh, the pace of our society today has continued to spike in anxiety. Talk about that for a minute. And we, we talk about stress all the time on this show, Dr. Mark. Well, I tell you, I think that a lot of what we do, whether you're advantaged or disadvantaged, the challenges that you yep. face are just put out there in front of you yep. and... And it, people just can't take a breath. Exactly. And, you know, I, we, we even talk about this with, with my students that we create okay. an academic environment of all these hoops they have to jump through. Right. And, and the idea that if you don't jump through that hoop perfectly, 
then yep. you failed something. Yep. Yep. And just the, the the message delivery can be enough well, to, to create anxiety. Well, and in almost any area of life, excellence is the standard. Absolutely. And I believe that creates a significant anxiety among all ages of, of Americans and, and, the, and all over the world. Yeah, and in the last 10 years, yep. you've seen that play out in professional sports That's to right. a much greater degree. That's, That's right. another thing that was just swept yep. under the, or, you know, I mean, we yep. see whether it be depression, uh, whether it be yep. drug use, um, you know, whether it just be behavioral activities that aren't aren't socially acceptable. I, I mean, this this is a stressor that everybody has to achieve this certain certain yep. level. Yep. And it is. It, it, that's a that's a hard one. It's a case by case individual type of situation. And I think that the idea here is that putting it on the table as part of our overall treatment of our wellness is the key. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. it, it's not too hard to sit down with an individual and start to figure out what the stressors are right. that really, really create an yeah. issue. Well, you know, these issues with mental health and all the different uh, trends that we're seeing for 2022, these are all going to play out by both our providers and payers sure. as we move forward. And the mixed model yeah, and, of, and, and, and in politics and government, you know, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a yeah, lot we're of not going to talk there. about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, in a good right. way, I mean, in a good way. I mean, I think <clears throat> yeah. that, I think there's some governmental regulation that, that yes. is making it easier uh, to get access. Well, and, the telehealth paid visits absolutely. is a big piece a, of that. That's a huge piece yeah. of it. Huge a huge piece, piece of yeah. it. Yeah. But again, I think the mixed model of not only telehealth visits, but in-person visits among our providers. And then the, um, I don't know whether you'd call the standards of social determinants of health and using those models to identify where people are coming from, I right. think are going to be a big, big movement towards mental health, well, Dr. Mark. I mean, I think we're going we're gonna to have to wrap this up, but I would sum yeah. up that social determinants of health part by saying we need to equalize it in all areas. Yes. And mental health is now what we're wide up and out there saying is, it is part of our wellness, every bit as much as yep. those five things that cost more money yep. that we talked about yep. in the first segment, right? right. And it flows so right into health equity too. It's just as yep. important as cancer care. Yep. yep. And so we need to we need to keep that yep. forefront on the table. And yep. and my hope is that's the future, Larry. Yep. I agree, Doctor Mark. Great discussion today. Uh, next week we're going to talk a little bit more about CMS healthcare spending and how we're. That, that number was projected to go to $8 trillion by 2020, by 2030. It may be down to $6.8 trillion, Dr. Mark. We're going to talk about that next 20% week. 20% off. Yeah. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.